0: Shalom, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast, discovering the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith. And now, from beautiful Brandon, Florida, here are your hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. This is your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, and I'm in the studio at Beit Tehillah Congregation in beautiful Brandon, Florida, with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor
1: Nick. Shalom. Welcome, everyone, to Teshuvah, the season of Teshuvah, and we are in the Torah portions.
0: That's right. And so today we're studying the Torah portion, Ki Tetze, which is when you go out. Uh, This is a great, packed Torah portion. If you ever want to know the do's and don'ts of life, Ki Tetze is where it's at. Uh, It's in Deuteronomy chapter 21, starting at verse 10 and ending in chapter 25, verse
1: 19. Uh, Some of you might be aware that some of our podcasts, we have a very special guest joining us a lot of times. Uh, His name is Conan. Who's that? Conan the Barbarian. So just a little reflection here, because as we kick this thing off, I'm going to go ahead and and head it off and uh, hand it off to Conan, uh, basically... uh, what two things did a captive woman have to do physically before becoming a wife? Because remember now, these are these are Israelites going in, getting rid of their enemies, okay? And now they're gonna, he's going to take a woman, okay, and, and make her his wife uh, after the battle. Once again, what two things did a captive woman have to do physically before becoming a wife? Deuteronomy 21, verse 12.
0: That when we take the spoils of war, we take the women, we shave her head, and we pair her nails...
1: There you have it, folks. I just hope you enjoyed that Conan appearance there, uh, audio. So we're going to be moving on. Is that now. all we get? That's all Shave get her head, pair her nails, okay? He just now, leaves
0: so fast, you know? Now,
1: how long was a captive woman to mourn the loss of her mother and father? One month. One month she's taken away. Yep, she it was becomes, one month, and then you she, say, she, get over it. You know, Ryan, this is something that's very interesting. This seems kind of barbaric or this or that, but, but you know, the interesting thing is she is actually going to be joining a better group of people. She will literally be absorbed into the Commonwealth of Israel.
0: You know, I also think that you know what's interesting is the Bible actually is dealing with the nitty gritty of of culture here, because if you think about it in war, uh, you know, human nature is to treat the enemy and to treat the enemy's people very poorly, and so what's actually happening here is they're giving rules for a, a minimum level of civility that that people would have to show to. Uh, people they were going to be uh, you know assimilating into their into their
1: culture and into their camp that that 's awesome ryan I mean that's so true. think about it so uh, <clears throat> question number three if a man had two wives who both bore him firstborn sons and one of the wives was hated, which son got the double portion of all that the father had deuteronomy chapter twenty one verse seventeen the one that was hated the one that was hated you know where this of course this commandment came about. You think about Joseph and what happened. Oh, yeah. You know, Jacob had two wives. Leah was unloved. Rachel was loved. Mm-hmm. And what ended up happening is um, Rachel's son, Joseph, got the firstborn blessing. Uh, he was the favorite. There was right. jealousy. He was thrown in the pit. And you guys know the story from the pit to the palace. Uh, to make a long story short, that birthright, that firstborn blessing went to Ephraim, which was Joseph's youngest son over Manasseh. So even to this day, Ephraim has the birthright, he is the firstborn. And you can see that even in uh, the prophet Jeremiah in chapter 31. But we're going to move on here. But that's why that commandment was created uh, in a case like that. So just think about it. So once again, you know, there you have the one that was hated would get the double portion. Uh, We're moving on here. Uh, Question number four in Deuteronomy chapter 21, verses 18 through 21, we have a question here. Could children be stoned if they were stubborn and rebellious towards their parents? Yes, this is the verse that we read at my house whenever my children act up. This is the fifth commandment. Exodus 20, verse 12. (laughs) Honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Only commandment with a blessing, Ryan. Only commandment with a blessing and think about it. Honor your mother and father. You know, uh, one of the last days... uh, uh, calamities that I could say has been told in Paul's letter to Timothy, I believe, uh, it talks about children, we become disobedient to parents, you know, and a lot of things that I see Ryan, uh, even at our church, sometimes, you know, it's interesting that you'll see the parents growing up and the kids are still mooching off the parents. You know, you would think after all the years that the parents gave to their children, the children could give back to their parents, Yeah, you know, and that's something that we need to think about as well. Uh, you know, as, as we are older now and everything, we should be able to give back to our parents what they gave to us. It shouldn't be vice versa. Uh, we shouldn't be mooching off our parents. Uh, there should be a point in time where we could actually give back to them for all that they've given to us. Okay, moving on here. Uh, question number five. Was it okay to leave a body on a tree overnight? Deuteronomy chapter 21, verse 23.
0: So I'm going to read 22 and 23 because I think this one needs some clarification uh, other than just, <laughs> is it okay to leave a body on a tree And so here it is, uh, verse 22, And if a man have committed a sin worthy of death, and he be put to death, and thou hang him on a tree, his body shall not remain all night upon the tree, but thou shalt in any wise bury him that day. For he that is hanged is accursed of God, and thy land be not defiled, which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance. So this is, again, minimum levels of civility to make sure that the society isn't just hanging people on display for you know, weeks on end and letting their body rot. You down. know, we
1: can find this reference in John nineteen thirty-one. I'm going to read it to you in John nineteen thirty-one. This is a reference to Yeshua. Uh the Jews therefore, because it was the preparation that the body should not remain upon the cross on the Sabbath day, for that Sabbath day was a high day, besought Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. So once again, uh They should not remain on the cross on the Sabbath day. We go into, of course, even, uh, I'll look at Galatians 3.13. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. So he took all the sins upon himself, past, present, and future. It's the final deal, Ryan. It's the final deal. There it is. We are justified by the finished work of the cross. Now the controversy is now we're being sanctified and we're being set apart. And there's no, there's no works for salvation. We are justified by the finished work of the cross. And, and, and to this good point, Martin Luther, you know, uh, actually brought this point out that we are justified by the finished work of the cross. Nothing you can pay for, nothing you can buy or do. Uh, and so we need to consider that. Uh, I mean, you know, it's just like anything else. It's just like the uh, the charges against us were nailed to the cross. Mm. Not the Torah, not the teachings and instructions were nailed to the cross. Right. But the charges against us that he, that he took. Ryan, the biggest battle we're all going to have is that we need to acknowledge Yeshua, the Son of God, that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no man can come to the Father except through him. He is the ultimate way. So think about that, everybody. That's what Yeshua did for us. And let me tell you something. People say, well, is sin really that bad? Well, look at what they did to Yeshua because of sin. They beat him, they spit on him, they put a crown of thorns on it on his head. He bled. you know without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. He bled from his hands, his feet, uh the spear in his side of course the the crown of thorns he's bleeding. he was flogged, he shed his blood uh blood was blood was everywhere. so let's look at this. moving on here to uh some relational things once again this is like a this is like a little buffet of things here. Uh, number six, did the Lord command his people to return their neighbor's lost possessions if found? Deuteronomy chapter 22, verses 1 through 3.
0: Yes, yes, he did. If it's an ox or a goat or whatever, wanted Now, you know,
1: this is one of the references that I, I like to use when I'm sharing about the, the Torah. Oh, well, the law has been done away with. So if the law has been done away with, we can just now say finders keepers, losers weepers. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, well, oh, I'm sorry. I don't have to return this back to you. Because this has been done away with. And so it becomes Piccadilly. We pick and choose. You know, I mean, I get a kick out of this. If you go back and look at the principles of the commandments, none of them are going to hurt you. They are to better your relationship with one another, with God and society. I mean, think about it. What commandment hurts you? So there you go. Return their neighbor's lost possessions if found. You know, that's what we try to do. We've actually mailed Bibles back to people that went out of state. We've we found stuff that didn't belong to us that we need to give back. You know, we're right next door to a place called a kid's place. And uh, I won't get into all of that, but their they're, they're recreational balls and frisbees and stuff come over our fence. And uh, what I do is I throw them back over, you know. So, so once again, it's just, it's just common sense when it comes to that. So moving on here, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 4. Was it important to help your neighbor when he was in need?
0: absolutely yeah i mean absolutely donkey were to wander off you know you go take it back to him
1: you know that's the thing you know especially when uh you know when there's been some like hurricane irma you know between neighbors and stuff helping one another i know my my brother's actually getting electricity from his neighbor um because he doesn't have any and he's able to to get some electricity at least for a little bit uh what was a woman not allowed to wear in deuteronomy chapter 22 verse 5 men's garments Men's garments. And what was a man not allowed to wear in uh, Deuteronomy 22, five as well?
0: Women's garments. So no cross-dressing.
1: Interesting. No cross-dressing. I mean, you know, there's a lot of debate out there whether a woman can wear pants or not, but we're not even going to touch that with a 10-foot pole. You know what I'm saying? Why'd you have to bring so, it up? I just had to bring it up because that's <laughs> one of the debates. But we don't do that here at Bay Tehillah. You know, uh, the bottom line is that, you know, You got to see a difference. You know, there is men's clothing, there's women's clothing, and uh, it's that simple. Uh, Was it okay to take the mother bird out of the nest to keep? Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 7. No. Don't take the mother because she can reproduce. That's right. You can take the babies or take the eggs, but don't take the mother. Was it commanded to put a railing around your roof so nobody could fall? (laughs) <laughs> or look, fall off, Deuteronomy 22 verse 8? I
0: believe this was the underwriting department of the Torah that put this in there. You know, the
1: fences? <laughs> to put railing around your roof so Think about it, like the, the,
0: insurance, the
1: insurance group back you know, then, you know? Yeah, this is definitely uh, a safety factor, you know? It's interesting as, as I go throughout my yard or my home or the church, uh, if I see something unsafe or something needs correcting, you know, I want to correct it. Oh, yeah. Um, let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 22 verse 10. And while we're doing this, I'm going to have Ryan go to Second Corinthians chapter six, verses fourteen through sixteen. Uh, once again, here's a, here's a the cross reference. Second, oh, yeah, we're going into the New Testament. The Second Corinthians what? Second Corinthians chapter six, verses fourteen through sixteen. And here is, of course, Deuteronomy chapter twenty-two, verse ten: "Thou shalt not plough with an ox and a donkey together." Hmm. Wow. What comes to mind? Unequally yoked unequally yoked you know it's like these people that think they can do like a missionary dating or missionary marriage like oh well i'll win them to the lord after we're married or you know you're you're really a gambling person yeah and uh the art of the deal is not to gamble but to know your facts you know so i don't encourage uh missionary marriage to be honest with you so uh let ryan read these verses because you'll you'll see exactly mm-hmm. what's going here in reference to believers <laughs> and unbelievers
0: all right so here it is second corinthians chapter six starting at verse 14 And I will be their God, and they shall be my people.
1: Wow. See, don't be unequally yoked. You know, Um, that's the thing between the believers and and the non believers. Uh, Very interesting. Um, Moving on here. Question number 13 in Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 12. What was to go on the four quarters or the corners of your vesture or garment?
0: Uh, This is going to be fringes, uh, in Hebrew
1: also known as zitzit. Very good. We can find this in Numbers fifteen thirty-eight. I'll read this: "Speak unto the children of Israel, and bid them that they make them fringes in the borders of their garments throughout their generations, and that they put upon the fringe of the borders a ribbon of blue."
0: Of techelet.
1: Yeah, that's a uh, true blue Jew. Have you heard of that? Yep. Yeah. They're putting the blue back into the zitzit, the fr- the fringe. Yes, the zitzits. You know, it's interesting, and, and we won't go there. Oh no, we're not going to go there. But there is an example in the New Testament of a woman extending her hand out to reach the hem of Yeshua's garment. The hem? The hem. And see, it's interesting because if you look at the word fringe or zitzitz or anything like that, there's no Greek word for that. Right. So, you know, and, and, the, and the prophecy is, and you can find this later, I do believe it's in Malachi, there would be healing in his wings, and they were considered wings. So when when she saw the Messiah and knew that this Messiah would have, you know, the ability to heal the sick and all of these these things, uh, she reached out and she was healed. And actually virtue left Yeshua and went into her. And because of her faith, she was made well. Once again, she had an issue of blood. I forget how many years, but many, many years she was struggling. says she spent a lot of money and everything for for nothing. So she reached out, grabbed Azizis, and she was healed. What an incredible story, everybody. Amen. And as a matter of fact, I think there's a reference to 10 men grab, grabbing the, uh, uh, the Zitzit. Actually, it talks about okay. the garment of him who is a Jew yep. uh, and says, hey, we're going to go with you because God is with you. I do believe that there is a, a prophecy about that as well. I'm pretty sure it's in Zechariah. It is. Like so Zachariah we won't go 8. there right now. Yep. But anyway, this all these references to the Zitzit making a big comeback. Amen. Very interesting. Uh, here we go. Uh, we're going to be going into... Uh, Improper relationships now. Uh, once again, it's kind of interesting that you are not to be unequally yoked in Deuteronomy 22, verse 10. Now, all of a sudden, we're going to be going into improper relationships. Listen up, everybody. We live in a culture of improper relationships. This is on the news every day. Let's, let's, let's do it. Question number 14. In Deuteronomy chapter tw- 22, verses 13 through 17, did a woman who was hated and accused of not being a virgin have to prove it to her husband? Yes. Yes, she had to prove that she was a virgin on that wedding night. She had to prove it. So here we go. Question number 15. What was the punishment for the husband if the accusations were false? Deuteronomy chapter 22, verses 18 and 19. Two things.
0: So two things. Yep. The first thing is the elders would chastise him. And the second thing is that he had to pay 100 shekels of silver. So it was very expensive if he was incorrect. And so you couldn't just falsely accuse somebody. Oh, this is a very serious allegation.
1: Yeah, because actually the you know, the 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 father would have to prove and show the sheet. Right. You know, and say well, no, my daughter's innocent. Uh the sheet that would prove of of her uh virginity. Uh question number sixteen. What was the punishment for the wife if the accusations were true? Deuteronomy chapter twenty-two, verse twenty-one. She would be stoned at her father's door.
0: Now let's be clear, sure. because this is this isn't a situation where this was misrepresented to uh, the husband, right? So this is not just a situation where this is just any old case. This is we're presenting this bride as a virgin and then it turns out that she's not. <clears throat> then this is a serious issue at that point because of it being untrue.
1: You know, it, it kind of goes along with what's happening in our culture today in the Me Too movement and all the, you know, uh, sexual harassment, right? You know, rape, all these things that are happening. Uh, improper relationships once again okay uh what was the punishment for adultery in deuteronomy chapter 22 verse 22 uh they would die it was they'd be killed they would die Mm -hmm. they would die very interesting all right i'm gonna let ryan take over here in question number 18 he's gonna take over and uh Lay out the questions for okay. us and the answers. Okay,
0: all right. Because so, uh, I'm going to look for something. Okay, let's yeah. My little
1: gears are turning Every, right now.
0: Yeah, I know. Every once in a while you got to let, let oh, a brother yeah. know. the gears you know. are turning. I appreciate that. So uh, question number 18 is, did the betrothed woman have to cry out if a man tried to lay with her in the city so she would be innocent of the charges of adultery? And the answer is yes. So in, in other words, uh, if, if she's being uh, molested in some way, shape, or form, somebody's trying to get with her, quote, unquote, then she would have to cry out. Um, because again, the punishment for adultery is death. And as such, it's a very serious charge and she needs to prove her innocence by immediately taking action, uh, to, to stop it. Uh, question number 19, if a man lay with a virgin, was he obligated to marry her afterwards? And the answer here is yes. Um, you know, if here, here it is, it's a, uh, uh, chapter 22, verses 28 and 29, Uh, If a man find a damsel that is a virgin, which is not betrothed, and lay hold on her, and lie with her, and they be found, then the man that lay with her shall give unto the damsel's father fifty shekels of silver, and she shall be his wife, because he hath humbled her, he may not put her away all his days. So essentially, he has taken something from her, right? It's like, why buy the cow when you're getting the milk for free? Well, in this case, this takes away the idea that you can actually get the milk for free, uh, because you can't. Uh, you lay with a virgin, she's now your wife, you have to marry her, and you have to pay her father 50 shekels of silver, so there goes the free part.
1: Wow. You can continue on. You oh, good I, you're job enjoying there. this, huh? Okay. I, I I, I, I'm getting ready for chapter 23, but you hit 22 really well here.
0: All right, here we go. So uh, question number 20, uh, how much money did he have to give the father of the virgin, which obviously we already read was 50 shekels of silver in, in verse 29, and was it okay to marry your father's wife? Uh, no, no, I don't think it was. It says, a man shall not take his father's wife, nor discover his father's skirt. So I think that's an idiom for obvious things that we already know. Um, And then uh, question number 22
1: gets us into chapter 23. Very good. So could an illegitimate child enter into the congregation of the Lord? Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse 2? No. No. It's interesting if you go back and look at King David... You know, he was borderline illegitimate to, to actually be the king, to, to be in Judah like he was. If you go back and look at it and look at that lineage, he was able to become king because that was broken, huh? that 10th generation. Uh, you, once again, you got to go back and look at the genealogy of King David. And, of course, you know, um, he, he's right there at the edge of that, and he qualified to be legitimate. Isn't that the coolest thing? You know? It is. Uh, very, very cool.
0: What's cool, you know— even more than just the fact that he was skirted through right was that God knows the Torah and that God doesn 't allow things outside of the Torah right He keeps his own commands
1: that 's good that 's good i mean think about it this this is i mean this is very interesting. Uh, about legitimacy and who are the children of Israel, who is legitimate. This is getting to be very interesting. So what two groups of people were not allowed in the congregation of the Lord in Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse
0: 3? This is going to be the Ammonite uh, and the Moabite. And where do they come from? From Ammon? Lot's
1: right. daughters. Right, Lot's daughters. Ammon Once again, and an improper relationship. Yeah. So Lot's daughters created the Ammonites and the Moabites. Today that would be the country of Jordan And, of course, you have the Moabites located near the Dead Sea there. Ruth was a Moabite. And what happened to her? She was absorbed into the Commonwealth of Israel. Right. Through marriage. Right. See, you have improper relationships and you have proper relationships. So there's a right way and a wrong way to be the Commonwealth of Israel. Yeah, that's interesting. And that is the coolest thing. That's the thing that's blowing people's minds right now is uh, even in Ephesians 2, once we are far away, now that we've been brought near, what God's requiring is a right action.
0: Right, but remember that the, the command there is, is within the congregation of the Lord. Uh, is that into the camp or is that into uh, the, the temple and the tabernacle?
1: I think the bottom line is that it, it's an improper relationship, so you have to have the protocol. You have to figure that out. Yeah. Uh, how are people absorbed? You know, the daughters of, uh, uh, you know, in the past, they had to be absorbed into that tribe that they were from to right. receive their inheritance. I believe it, the daughters of Zelophehad. Right, you know, uh, and they were even talking about the Canaanites, some of them being absorbed into the Commonwealth of Israel, I mean it's amazing when you think of this storyline, you know, and we don't have time to get into all that right now, but i I read this book uh, in regards to the finding of Joshua's altar, an archaeological dig and and they were saying that you know the the daughters of Canaan would be absorbed into the Commonwealth of Israel through marriage right but but they would have to of course the daughters of you know the Canaanite daughters would have to. Play by the rules of Israel and follow the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So I don't want to send any wrong message, because we know, we yeah, no, already know that you can't be unequally yoked. Yeah,
0: assimilation is the prerequisite to joining any culture. Which so is... go
1: ahead and uh, hit um, question number 24, Ryan, the fill-in-the-blanks there, and, and finish out this, because I want to get to, actually, it's chapter 24 that I want to...
0: Oh, really okay, all right, we yeah. can get through 23, no big deal. All right, so question number 24 is fill-in-the-blanks, uh, it's the verse, chapter uh, 23, verse 7, and it's thou shalt not abhor an Edomite, for he is thy brother. Thou shalt not abhor an Egyptian, because thou wast a stranger in his land. Question number 25. When was an unclean man allowed back into the camp after washing himself? Uh, and this is Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse 11. And the answer to that is uh, after sundown. Uh, but it says, but it shall be when even evening cometh on, he shall wash himself with water, and when the sun is down, he shall come into the camp again. So, uh, question number 26, was it important to bury human waste so the camp could not remain, or could, could sorry, sorry, could remain clean and holy? And this is in Deuteronomy chapter 23 verses 13 and 14, and the answer is yes, yes. You gotta, this was a sanitation, um, You know, you had to get it out of the camp. The camp's important. Keep the
1: camp clean. That's
0: right. And so who walked in the camp, um, which is the reason why you had to keep it clean? The answer in uh, Deuteronomy chapter 23 verse 14 is the Lord thy God. So the Lord is walking among them. And so they had to be clean because you could not defile the place the Lord was going to go or else the Lord would not go there.
1: You know, think about your, your, your home. You know, is it clean? Is it permissible? Is it good? You know, what's in your home that needs to be removed? Or, you know, what's going on in your home? So uh keep the camp uh keep the camp holy.
0: Yep. Uh question number twenty eight. Was it okay to charge your brother interest? Uh Deuteronomy chapter twenty-three, nineteen says, Thou shalt not lend upon usury to thy brother, usury of money, usury of victuals, usury of anything. That is lent upon usury, and so the answer is no, no, you cannot charge your brother interest if your brother is in need, you should lend to him and expect only the principal back in return um, question number twenty nine is also fill in the blank, and this is verse twenty three uh, I'm sorry chapter twenty three verse twenty one when thou shalt vow a vow unto the Lord thy God, thou shalt not slack to pay it for the Lord thy God will surely require it of thee. And it would be sin in thee. So if you promise something to the Lord, then the Lord expects you to make good on it. Yeah, I think a lot yeah. of times we do that, right? We it's, make a it's promise. Yes like- or
1: no. Make a vow, a commitment, you know. That that's the thing. You know, it, it comes to my mind that, you know, uh when, when Pastor Randy passed away and I became the senior pastor November seventeenth, two thousand and two. I remember like it was yesterday. Boy, I tell you, it was really, really a a testing period for me because I knew that I had a big responsibility ahead of me. And the thing that I really reflected upon was how Yeshua, you know, he would get upset with the Jewish leadership. He would flip tables over. He was doing some things, you know, and man, I just said to myself, you know, Lord, I don't want you to be angry with me. I don't want you turning my tables over. So I tell you what I'm going to do. You know, I'm going to do exactly what you tell me to do, you know, Why, why were you so adamant about, you know, doing these things and and calling them a root of vipers and different things? And, you know, just, you know, the charges he made against the Jewish leadership was, was quite profound. But, you know, in my quiet time being inspired, I want to encourage all of you in this manner. You know, God wants us to get to the Torah, literally to the, to the word, to the Torah and uh, and I know that it's important that we don't add to the word of God or take away from the word of God. So, you know, basically Yeshua was upset because people couldn't even get to the commandments and uh, he wanted to find out who really had Torah and who didn't. That's why he would mention dark sayings of old and different things like that. So the bottom line, everybody, as you're listening to this podcast, if you are looking for a, uh, an explanation for the parables, they are found in the Torah. Uh, you cannot Christianize the parables they are from the torah and and i and i say this with a sincere heart because so many times we take things out of context or whatever but you got to remember so i made a vow to the lord i said lord whatever you show me whatever whatever you reveal to me i will share with the people i'll fear no man i'll stick to the to the doctrine of the, of the scriptures by the spirit and i will i will tell the people exactly what you tell me and i tell you i've never been disappointed ryan in all these years to actually share with the people what the Lord has shared with me and I think it's got us this far and I think it's a great ride it's a wonderful wonderful place to be right now and I want to encourage all of you in this manner you know we need to be sons and daughters of God and not a hireling when it comes to leadership you want to go ahead and yeah yeah absolutely go over there
0: all right so uh, question number 30 Is found um, Deuteronomy 23 uh, verses 24 and 25. Was it okay to eat your neighbor's corns? I'm sorry, grapes and corn. And the answer is yes. Yes, it is okay for you to eat your neighbor's grapes and corn. My
1: kids eat everything. Yeah, you know, let's let's
0: uh, let's clarify this. Uh, 24 and 25. It says, when thou comest into thy neighbor's vineyard, when thou mayest eat grapes thy fill at thine own pleasure, but thou shalt not put any in thy vessel. So in other words, if you're walking through his vineyard and you want to take a few grapes and eat them while you're walking, you can do that. However, you can't just go and harvest a whole bushel of it out of the that's, vineyard. And that's
1: question number 31. Was it okay to put your neighbor's grapes and corn into a vessel? Deuteronomy chapter 23 verse 24.
0: No. No, it was not okay to do
1: that. <laughs> no, that's not a good thing. Right. Uh,
0: oh, here we are. We, we are now we are. in chapter 24. Now,
1: I know we're we're going into 30 minutes on this podcast, but I think this one's going to be a little extended because, you know, I just I just have to share this truth with with all of you that are listening to this podcast. I don't want you to be disappointed because we we have to find Yeshua in the Torah. He is the Torah. He's the Word made flesh. So I want to go ahead and have Ryan read Deuteronomy chapter 24 verses 1 through 4 because did the children of Israel have the opportunity to divorce one another? The question is there. The answer is yes. Now check this out.
0: All right, here we go. 24 verse 1. When a man hath taken a wife and married her, and it come to pass that she find no favor in his eyes because he hath found some uncleanness in her, then let him write her a bill of divorcement and give it in her hand and send her out of his house. And when she is departed out of his house, she may go and be another man's wife. And if the latter husband hate her, and write her a bill of divorcement, and giveth it in her hand, and sendeth her out of his house, or if in the la- if the latter husband die, which took her to be his wife, her former husband, which sent her away, may not take her again to be his wife. After that she is defiled, for that is an abomination before the Lord, and thou shalt not cause the land to sin, which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance."
1: Okay, so here we go. Question number 33 is, was it okay for a man to remarry his ex-wife if she had been married to another man after him? Deuteronomy chapter 24, verse 4, Ryan. Nope. So here's here's the situation. Here's the scenario, everyone. This guy has a wife. He puts her away for whatever reason. Okay, he divorces her, a writ of divorce. She goes and marries another man. Okay, all right. And then... Okay, maybe that husband dies, so or whatever. Now, now can she come back to the original man? Nope. No, Deuteronomy says no, no. Now here's the interesting thing, everyone. Um, and, and this is I'll have uh, Ryan read Jeremiah chapter three, verse eight, I believe it is. Oh yeah. Uh, now here's the thing, everyone. If you go back and study biblical history, this is a true fact. Biblical history, God divorced. The northern kingdom. Yes, he did. Not he, the southern kingdom, but the northern kingdom. Now, check this out. He's going to read Jeremiah three eight. It
0: says, And I saw when for all the causes whereby backsliding Israel committed adultery, I had put her away and given her a bill of divorce. Yet her treacherous sister Judah feared not, but went and played the harlot
1: also. So once again, everyone, you need to understand this. Okay. God did not divorce... Judah, the Jewish people. There wasn't a divorce. Now, I'm not trying to make something out of this, out of nothing, or cause a controversy. I'm just stating a fact. Now, it's interesting because what a, we're in a predicament here. My goodness, and, and I don't have time to get into Hosea, but he actually says, you know, you're going to be you know, punished and judged for your sins, but yet I will call you back in the last days. Once you were not a people, but you will be a people. You can find this reference from Peter and Paul in the New Testament. Once you were not a people, but now you're a people. Why? Because Yeshua draws us near. That's right. He brings us near. Praise God. In Ephesians 2 is all about the commonwealth of Israel. Paul talks about the grafting in process of the wild branches. Those Ephraimites, those nations that are coming out of the nations to become children of Israel, children of the promise. It's right there in Romans, everyone. So what I want to do is I want to read to you. So what's, what's the remedy here? This is called uh, actually the renewing of the marriage covenant through Yeshua. Romans chapter seven, verse one, it says, Know ye not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law, how that the law hath dominion over a man as long as he liveth. For the woman which hath a husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. So then if while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from that law so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Wow. Wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that ye should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit from God. That's Romans 7, verses 1 through 4. We just looked at Deuteronomy 24, verses 1 through 4. Isn't that interesting? So because of Yeshua's death, he can be raised from the dead and renew the marriage covenant. That's right. Why? Because God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. But God takes on flesh in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus is God. God is Jesus, everyone. Listen closely. God cannot break spiritual laws. He created them. And even the devil knows, Hasatan knows that God cannot break spiritual laws. So what happened? Satan had no idea that God was willing to go this far. Listen, we were made in his image. So he literally made something that messed up and he fixed it. I'm telling you, everyone, salvation and being born again has been more enhanced in my life than ever before. Oh, yeah. And you know what? And what did Yeshua say? I only came for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. What was he doing? He was renewing the covenant. He says, I came to my own, and my own didn't receive me, basically. You know, that's what it says. He came to his own, his own didn't receive him. Judah didn't receive him. Now, look what's happened now among the Jewish people now. We see that they are blinded to Jesus as the Messiah, But the problem is we've got to understand the spiritual laws that God has laid down. So with his death, burial, and resurrection, Yeshua, he's renewed the marriage covenant. He says, I will betroth you to me in faithfulness. I will betroth you to me in righteousness. It's right there in Hosea. So he's actually saying that he's going to renew this marriage covenant. Oh, and by the way, Yeshua was at Mount Sinai. That should blow your mind. That should blow your mind. So I want you to process this, everyone. Yeshua didn't just come out of nowhere and flippantly just appear. He's always existed. Through him, all things are made. In Colossians, it even says. So, so we can't take this lightly. This is incredible, everyone. And we see such a counterfeit in the culture today of hybrids and godlike people and half god and half man. And we'll pay eight bucks to go to the movies to see superheroes, the Avengers. Well, let me remind all of you, Yeshua is the original Avenger, and he doesn't need any other superheroes. He is the superhero of superheroes. Oh, and by the way, if you're wondering about Superman, uh, I do believe that character was created uh, by a Jew. So who's Superman? It's Yeshua. 100% God, 100% man. And this is the revelation that's going forth everyone. And even as a Christian, this should really, really, really enhance your walk. Let scripture interpret scripture. The redemptive story is played out, right? And the enemy wants to keep us from the Torah. He wants to keep us from the Torah. But what does the prophet say? I've declared what? I've declared the end from the beginning. So we're discovering this in Deuteronomy, the writ of divorce. And yeah, it was there, you know? So so this is something to think about, everyone. Think about that and chew on that and just thank the Lord for that.
0: Well, it brings some... For remarrying us. Yeah, it brings some clarity to the whole mission of Yeshua. And this
1: is why there's such a stigma to divorce, you know, when someone's divorced or whatever, people look down on them or they're degraded or they don't get a job or they don't get this or that or they're looked down on in the church or can't hold a position as an elder or deacon or whatever. And I'm thinking, that's, that's hogwash. Seriously, you got to be kidding me. I mean, there's divorce right there in the Bible. Right, well, I mean, let's be clear.
0: God does hate divorce. I mean, it says it very clearly. He hates divorce. He says that the reason for divorce, the reason that divorce is even possible is because of the hardness of our hearts. Um, And that that's, you know uh the, the reason that we're able to do that. Um and so that is that is essentially what happened here that God said, you know, you cannot continue to commit adultery uh against me and, you know, stay in your idolatry and expect that you're gonna continue to be a part of the covenant uh with me.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. We're we're cooking now, everyone. This is this is probably the highlight of the Torah right there and I shared it with Ryan and I and I'll tell you. It's we did awesome. we shared
0: that moment we had that together.
1: Right here. <sighs> That is going to be, it's, it's ever changing, people. It is. It is incredible. Uh, uh, how long was a newly married man to remain at home with his wife in Deuteronomy chapter 24, verse 5? This is pretty cool. Uh,
0: one year. So uh, when you had, like, instead of having, like, say they're in battle, instead of having to go to battle, if you were newly married, then you got to, you know, be with your wife for well, a year. Well, either way.
1: Either yeah. way, you know, but that's a oh, good yeah, point. Oh, yeah, from work, too. too. Yeah, from that's, work that's as well. That's a good point. Yep. But yeah, so one year you get to be with your bride. That's, that's incredible. Some people are practicing this. It's incredible. Uh, I wish I could. But it's too late for that after 19 years. Get to work. Question number 35, was it important to listen to the priests when it came to the plague of leprosy? Deuteronomy chapter 24, verses 8 and 9. Oh, yeah. The priests. You know, this is the the, the case in the Bible where they were the first dermatologists.
0: This would be a great time for you to bring up Leviticus.
1: You know, we're not going to do that right (laughs) now about clean and unclean. But I will tell you this, though. When you had a problem, you went to the priest. That's right. You know, it's kind of interesting. You know, when you have a church, you have a pastor and, a, and leadership and everything. You know, people should be able to come to the leadership and get help. You know, and that's the cool thing. You know, when you have a problem, you know, don't go to the bottle, don't don't go to the alcohol or the pills, you know, or whatever it else. You know, get get some help with your local community. And that's another problem, Ryan. People are just running around doing their own thing, and then when they hit a problem, they don't have a community. Right and all of a sudden now it's a game changer. You
0: know it's funny it's it's I you, mean that's the thing. Here here's here's a, a little concept for people. Um you you want to go and make sure that you have a line of credit when you don't need a line of credit, right? You want to be a part of a community of people. You want to go and build relationships when you don't necessarily need to fall back on those relationships because once you need the line of credit, you're usually in a financial position where you can't get it. And if you haven't invested in relationships, you're probably in a position where you don't have enough relational equity with people right. to, to
1: depend on them. And to be relational is the key. It's to be relational and have an identity. That's right. Uh, question number 36. Was it okay to keep a poor man's pledge overnight? Deuteronomy chapter 24, verse 12. No. You could <laughs> not keep his pledge. Why? Because that was to keep him warm, used for sleeping, you know. Uh, think about that. Like it's the, the, the coat, you know. Uh, what three groups of people were to be remembered and provided for in Deuteronomy chapter 24, verses 17 and 19 through 21. What three groups of people were to be remembered and provided for. So this
0: is going to be the strangers in their midst, the
1: fatherless and the widows. Now, why the strangers, Ryan? Why do you think the strangers should be considered or respected? These are like people you don't know. You hold the door for them, whatever, you know, yeah, in yeah. public. Uh, it's because what? We were once strangers. Right. In a strange land. Amen. Amen. How many stripes could be given to a wicked man in Deuteronomy 25, 3? I think it goes up to 40. 40 stripes. And they, usually they go save one in case they go over. You know? <laughs> On accident, right? Yeah. So okay. they usually will do like 39 just to play it safe. That's why they say 40 save one. Ah. Uh, you like that? Ah. So yeah, you don't want to go over because then you've broken the Torah. Got it. Uh, now think about the stripes that Yeshua took. It says for a wicked man. Oof. Now, you know, this bothers me, Ryan, because he was flogged and beaten for me. Yeah. I was the wicked man. That's right. And so here's Yeshua taking this beating, you know, ka-psh, 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 you know, just hitting him in the back. And that's me. Right. And the Lord's like, I got this, Nick. I got this for you. You know, man. so how grateful should I be that by his stripes we are healed in yeah. Isaiah 53. Amen. By his stripes, we are healed. Think about it. And the healing involves many areas of our life. Wow, that's that's awesome. Uh, what animal was not to be muzzled when it treaded out the corn? Deuteronomy 25.4. twenty five four. Can't muzzle the ox, man. Gotta and let Paul him quotes eat. this, but he I'm does. not sure where. I don't know the cross reference, but that's okay. But he actually he actually does uh, reference this. Matter of fact, we got a few more minutes here. Why not? We do, we definitely don't let, have a few more it. minutes, but let's let's so <laughs> uh, we can look it up. Yeah, you know twenty five four. Let's see here. Um, Oh, here we go. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 9. 1 Corinthians 9, 9. You want to read that, Ryan? That's in the New Testament. Yeah. You know, this is even dealing with ministry or ministers, you know. Uh, don't muzzle the ox when they're working, meaning that, you know, ministers have a livelihood too.
0: So in this Bible, it's under a section called Christian Rites, and, um And so it says, verse 8 says, Say I these things as a man, or saith not the law the same also? It says, For it is written in the law of Moses, Thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of an ox that shreddeth out the corn. Doth God take care of oxen? And so I think this is referring to you know, taking care of uh, people doing ministry work and
1: whatnot. Very good. So 1 Corinthians nine nine. there's a cross-reference to the Torah. Oh, I'm sorry. That's been done away with. Not. If a man died with no children, was it his brother's responsibility to marry his sister-in-law, to produce children in his brother's name. Deuteronomy chapter twenty five, verses five and six. Oh yeah, absolutely. We see this all throughout the Bible.
0: This is actually a famous uh, you know, uh attempted stumbling stone for for Jesus by the Pharisees, where he's like, Well, hey, then she dies and then he dies, and so which so if she had five husbands, who's hu- uh who is her husband in heaven? You know, like like trivia.
1: But these are the ones that didn't believe yeah, in exactly. the resurrection. Right but they want to know about this 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 marriage thing in the next life. Very interesting. And, of course, you remember the story with Joseph and Judah. Uh, you remember Judah had sons, and uh, these sons um, were not able to fulfill um, the obligation of this particular commandment. And what happened? Tamar came along, the daughter-in-law. Judah was with Tamar, and then they produced, of course, uh, two sons and uh, went on to become, of course, uh, the monarchy of Israel. So anyway, very interesting story, uh, right there in Deuteronomy. Uh, was it important not to have divers measures? Deuteronomy chapter twenty-five, verse fourteen.
0: Yes, this means like actually we were talking about this last night with uh, Reuben Prager. We had a guest. Yes, uh, and we were talking about the weights of the shekel uh, and the half shekel. Right? Yeah, and but not to have like you know uh, a heavy one for for selling and a light set for buying. You know that you have your you have separate measures for. You only have one set of measures so that if you're buying or selling, you have a fair weight.
1: Um, scale. And last but not least, uh, question number forty-two in Deuteronomy twenty-five nineteen. Let's let's look at seventeen through nineteen. I know we got, we've gone over, but this is a great conclusion to this Torah portion because this is what's going on today. Everyone, check this out. The caption is destroy Amalek. So Deuteronomy chapter twenty-five verse nineteen. Well, he's going to read 17 through 19. Yep. To finish it, says, it up here. It
0: says, Thou hast to, vouch to the Lord this day to be thy God. I'm, at 20, I'm in 26.
1: Sorry. Hey, you're
0: going into the next week. Yeah, I am. Listen, just a little preview When you enter yeah. into
1: the next portion. Yeah. Ooh, look at that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right, so chapter 17. No, I'm sorry. Chapter 25, verse 17. Remember what Amalek did unto thee by the way when ye were come forth out of Egypt, how he met thee by the way and smote the hindmost of thee, even all that were feeble behind thee, when thou wast faint and weary, and he feared not God. Therefore it shall be, when the Lord thy God hath given thee rest from all thine enemies round about in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance to possess it, that thou shalt blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. Thou
1: shalt not forget it. And who was Amalek but the great-grandson of Esau? Amalek. You know, uh, listening to the Land of Israel Network podcasts, uh very interesting uh, network of, 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 I'd say, Jews over in Israel that have programs and podcasts. They, uh, uh, The reference to Amalek is actually, you know, like the spirit of Amalek would be like you're on fire and you're excited about the things of God and somebody comes along and the spirit of Amalek wants to throw cold water on yeah. you.
0: You know what I think of know? when I think of Amalek? You know, uh, in Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, you know, and you have that scene where, uh, you know, Captain Kirk is is yelling out Khan's name. He's like, Khan! That's what I imagine about Amalek. Amalek! You know, I just imagine... You know, Amalek's bad news. Because he's, you know, he's a, 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 you know, an adversary, an opponent, you know?
1: Well, you know, it says right here, the name Amalek can refer to the nation's founder, a grandson of Esau, his descendants, the Amalekites... Uh, or the territories of Amalek, which they inhabited, you know. And who, of course, came from Amalek? Haman. Haman, in the story of Esther. So once again, from genera- generation to generation, you'll be fighting him. Uh, very interesting how that's playing out even today. So once again, we uh, we do have an enemy. We do not battle flesh and blood. So let me encourage you in the days ahead to be relational, to have your identity, And to have unity and love one another. Amen.
0: You know, when we get to the end of a podcast and we're at 46 minutes, it makes me think that maybe I should start doing announcements at the beginning of our podcast so that people actually get them. Because who knows? I mean, if you listen to the end of this, send me an email and say, you know, it's ryan at topraise.net and say, Ryan, I got to the end and I'm excited about Joshua Aaron coming. So this Friday night, if you're listening to it this week, um, uh, which today is uh, August uh, 21st, 2018, and on the 24th, this Friday evening for Shabbat, we actually have a very special guest, Joshua Aaron. That's right, the singer Joshua Aaron, uh, singer-songwriter. Um, and uh, we're very excited to be hosting him. So if you guys are in the area or if you're, you know, around the state of Florida and you want to travel in, uh, we would love to have you come and join us for a great night of worship with Joshua Aaron Um because that's going to be an exciting event. I'm, I'm excited about it.
1: Absolutely.
0: And um, and then also, as you guys know, if you want to reach us, you can email me, like I mentioned, ryan at topraise.net. Uh, you can also call the office at 813-654-2222. And then, as always, we live stream our services uh, every Shabbat, every Saturday at 11 a.m. Uh, on to praise.net. You can also live stream on Facebook, uh, YouTube, and maybe a few other social media sites. Pastor Russell's got that thing on lock. Um, but uh, thank you guys so much for listening. We love you. Have a great week.